Good morning, Randall with the Big Ball of Twine podcast, episode 38. Today we talk about the ideas that we have in our heads, our thoughts, how we think about them, how we respond or react to them, and how they shape our lives, and how they make us who we are, simply by continuing old patterns or changing our patterns, how they shape us. So let's jump in and see where that goes. All right, here we go. Just uh, working on the third try at this podcast. The first two had a technical issue with my microphone. And so had some weird click going through it that I could not remove and post-production, as they say. Um, So it was pretty obvious I had to do this a third time. So let's see if it's three strikes, I'm out, or I get a hit, get on base. So I want to talk today about uh, our thoughts and how we judge them. And then once we judge them, how we grasp and cling and attach ourselves to that judgment and then we react or respond depending on how we handle those three things ahead of not having a thought. I think that uh, there is a lot of science and a lot of theories around how to live a happy life, how to live a joyful life, and I think a lot of those are based on ideas that people have judgments about, things they hear that they have judgments about, things that may or may not be true that people have judgments about, ideas about. And once they judge those ideas, those notions or those theories, then they start to shape their future based on those judgments. They start to cling to, grasp, hold on to, attach themselves to an idea, their judgment of that idea, and then they have this idea that they should cling to it, and they will hold on to it. And then, once you have judged your thought, you can then make a choice about what to do with it. Some people will not make a choice really they just choose to take it in and grab onto it and then it starts to guide them starts to guide their life any thought that we have then we judge it so we see something we hear something we learn something whether that's hearing or seeing or uh, reading with our fingers if we do uh, braille reading, uh, maybe we learn from an experience. Maybe you're in an accident and you have a series of things happen in that accident from beginning to end, and you build thoughts around it, and then you hold on to those thoughts, and it shapes your life. Maybe, like me, you're going through a divorce, and that shapes you how you think. It shapes how I think. And it's a challenge because I have grown up in this world and this culture, like a lot of you, 
And there are certain messages around divorce. There are certain messages around accidents. There are certain messages around all kinds of thoughts. And I'm no more immune to it than anybody else. I just really work hard at stepping back and not jumping to, well, to use the cliche, jumping to conclusions. I try not to conclude that my thoughts are true or that, in fact, that anybody else's thoughts are true. So we all have these cultural things that we learn. Um, we also have family things that we learn, and we have things we read outside of our culture and our family. We read books. We learn from, well, the Internet. We learn how things operate outside of our little circles. And we make these conclusions. We judge our thoughts. We judge other people's thoughts. For instance, you might read something that is alignment in alignment with your thoughts, with your pattern of thoughts. And you might judge that that helps support your thought. It builds uh, another building block in your thoughts, sturdies up the thoughts bolsters um, your commitment to an idea. I'm not going to judge whether that's good or bad. I'm just making examples. So on the other side of that, you might hear or read or learn something that goes against your thoughts. And then you will put that in its box as it is and make sure that that is used to verify that your thoughts are yours and they're, let's say, better than the other, per the other person or the other thought. And then you can feel um, superior or better than that other thought pattern, that other set of ideals. The, the, the thoughts that we're talking about today are the idea that a thought is just that. It's a thought. There is nothing going on until we label it with a thought. I'm rounding the corner on my walk and I see there's a barricade in the, in the way of where I walk that's telling me I have to take a detour. The words say detour because they're putting in some constructive work um, for the bike path that I walk on. And as I come around the corner, my mind starts to make observations and starts to decide what it's seeing. So it sees a sign, it reads the sign, it makes conclusions. And right there is where it becomes what we want to talk about. Before I came around the corner, that sign was there. Well, there's, there is debate about that, but let's just stick with the example of, we'll assume that the sign was actually there that I'm not creating my own reality as it appears in front of me, which is sort of true as well. But that, again, that's a whole different ballgame. We're going to assume that a sign was there. And before the sign was there, before I saw it, it was just a sign there. It had no judgments wrapped around it. Just like a tree, it's just a tree standing there. Um, it's neither standing nor is it a tree. It's a, a thing that we have agreed is called a tree and we agree that it's standing. 
it's what we say, right? A tree is standing. That sign is standing. It says detour and points me in a direction. It does none of those things. It doesn't stand, it doesn't say anything, and it doesn't point me in a direction. Those are all conclusions I come to based on what I see. Now, I realize that that's what the construction company or the city wants me to do. They want me to see the barricade, they want me to read the sign, they want me to go that direction. Got it, there's nothing wrong with that. It's perfectly fine. But since that's how we do things, it's a perfect example of why I wanna to talk today. When we see something, we shape it in the, um, the ideas that we already have. Now, when I see that sign, I've seen those barricade signs before. I've seen the word detour and I've seen an arrow. I understand the color orange means certain things. Again, there's nothing wrong with this. It's just, I wanna point out how we do this and then how we suffer through it, right? It's a really simple example. I see a sign, I look around, I read the sign, I, I notice how I'm taking in the data. And I then make a choice. I've made my judgments. My judgments are I'll follow the sign, the direction the sign points to, I'll follow that directioning, and I will go around the issue. And then I understand when they put up a detour sign that I might come to another sign and eventually get back on the route that I was planning to take, but without going directly through the construction, right? That's how we understand that situation to be. However, if I was someone who had never seen a sign like that before, maybe I was raised by wolves and I was not part of the daily U.S. culture. I would come across that sign and might just walk right past it, oblivious to what all those symbolisms are, oblivious to even the words. Maybe I don't speak English or I understand English. Maybe I don't know what that arrow means. Maybe orange is just another color to me and I don't care. I have no attachment to the color orange. This is why this is a good example, because when I or you, the, the um, cumulative, we see something, we instantly put it into what we understand. So if you're raised by wolves, you don't understand what that sign means. It's not even something that slows you down. And I have lived here long enough on this planet to see that and understand what it means and follow its instruction. I see it, I judge it as to what I understand it to be, I then take action. The action is I go around in the direction the arrows point me, and I go about my day. So in that moment, it shaped a part of my life. Very small, I'll admit that's very small. It takes a moment to go around it, it actually took probably a minute longer to go that way than it did if I'd gone straight. Really didn't take much longer. They did not guide me around the regular path very far away. You know, just enough for me to be safe, I suppose. Again, I'm making a judgment about why they did that, why they took me the route they did. So in, in looking at how it shapes my life, it's a small thing. 
But we do this all day long. We do this with information that comes in. We do this with our friends, our family. We do it with ourselves and our own minds. We judge our own thoughts. We judge other people's ideas and notions and thoughts. And all of those shape the direction of our life. And an example of that is, as a young boy, I was um, the child of parents who already had a child at a very, very young age. I was born when my dad was 18, my mom was 19. My brother came a year before me. So the old saying, children raising children really applied in my case. And they, in their childlike ways, um, were very clear that my brother and I were accidents and we were a problem. And we were not welcome. And we were not accepted for who we are. We had to be who they wanted us to be, which was to shape us to get out as quick as possible. Those were their words. I used to have a lot of judgment and anger about that. Now I just see it as the way that children raise children. And they were not prepared to have children. We were both, in fact, accidents. If you want to use those words, that's what we were. Um, could say not planned, whatever. There's lots of children on this planet that came from um, accidental, unplanned, not scheduled, whatever you want to call it, pregnancies. Lots and lots of us. And in the process of being a child in my family, I was taught certain things. I was told certain things. I was exposed to certain feelings in my family that I then judged. And as a child, you judge thoughts and feelings very differently than you have the ability to do as an adult. You have a very small box that you cram in all these messages and try to assimilate them and decide what they mean. And the general feeling was I was not wanted. And that's harsh. And this is not news to me. It's not news to my my dad, who still lives, not news to me. I know it wouldn't be news to my mom if she was still alive. This is pretty much common knowledge. So that's the data, right? And I learned to judge that data. I, I had ideas, and I stuck with them. I had theories. I had notions. I had thoughts about my thoughts. I had thoughts about the thoughts around me. And those became what guided my life. I didn't really have a choice. I was too little to have much in the way of choices. What's that? Uh, lyrics from an Adele song. I didn't have time to choose the choices I made. I didn't have time. I just was living my life as a little kid. And I didn't have experience or time to choose what I chose. It is a harsh reality that we all live with, that we have those experiences as children, and we live with those choices. We live with those those ideas of other things that happen on a daily basis. I'm not talking about rocket science. I'm not talking about new math. I'm talking about the way things pretty much are as a, an agreed-upon way that children live in the world.
So to get back to what we're talking about, just like a child, if I or we, the cumulative we, have an experience, for instance, a dog barking, I start to make judgments. I start to put that in my book of record. I start to look in the Encyclopedia Randall. What does that mean when the dog barks? Well, it means a lot of things. What it mostly means is I'm going way around that dog because I have experience with dogs biting me. I have experience with barking dogs. I know what to do. So that, in that moment just now, a dog barking in front of me and I'm me going around it, I took another little place in my life where I could have chosen differently. I could have chosen to walk right up to that dog and try to pet it. That would have been another choice in my life, which might have ended up with a dog bite for all I know. Could have been nice, could have learned that that dog was a nice dog. Might be totally nice and it just barks when it's startled. Don't know any of those things. The point is we have choices where we go in different directions. We can choose many, many things in a moment based on our thoughts. And so we choose those thoughts and in a moment, some of those thoughts are not very consequential, like going around the dog. But the, the harsh ones, the ones that change our lives, those are the ones that we need to look at closest. Those are the ones that shaped our lives in bigger ways, took us in very different directions. The buildup of all of this is to talk about how we take our thoughts and we judge them. And then we build a story around them based on our judgments, which in itself is a story. Judgment is a story. Then we build a story upon a story upon a story, and it keeps us going in a direction or it changes our direction based on the story. Like I said earlier, the story is usually going to reinforce what we already believe or the story is going to send us off in another direction. My way of thinking, and this has not been my whole life way of thinking, but it is more my thinking now is to notice my thoughts, notice what I'm judging and what I have currently clinging, what I have currently decided to cling to and grasp onto and attach to and question that. Is that really true? Is that, is that notion that I have about something that happens or about a thought, is that really true? Because I go through life pretty much like everyone else, guided by my previous experience and doing things in a certain way um, that is somewhat predictable um, and somewhat um, unquestioned. So when I question my thoughts, I'm asking myself to think about my thinking, which is a very human thing to do. Our ability to do that is um, not verified in many other animals or mammals. We don't know if what we judge the smarter animals to be chimps, apes, whales, dolphins, um, ravens, whatever. We don't know if they can think about their thoughts. If they can step back and see themselves thinking. We don't know that they can do that. We don't know if they have the ability because we can't ask them. However, 
we can do that. So because we can do that, I want to point that out, that that's a gift we're given in this whatever journey you want to call that, that Gus put us on, God, universe source. Gus put us here, if you will, for an experience, if you believe that. And it really doesn't matter what you believe. We are here. Um, as far as I can tell, we are here. As far as I can tell, we're here doing a journey. I see people around me. Like I said earlier, whether that's actually happening or not is another debate. But in my world, in my mind, I am part of this human condition. And I'm able to step back and see my thoughts and question them. And what a gift that is. Because if we were not able to question our thoughts, we would always be going down roads in our minds based on past experiences. Because we can question our thoughts, we can then choose to not continue to go down past experiences, continue to shape us with our past experiences. We can choose otherwise. Well, what a gift that is. I don't have to repeat the same pattern in my life. I can step back and question that pattern and walk through my life differently in the future. It might be damn hard. It might appear to be damn difficult to do that. It might appear to ch that changing your life is impossible. It might appear that suddenly there's clarity and now you can see all the things you've done before have been hurtful for you. And it's it appears easier to fix that because you have clarity. But that gaining clarity, that ability to think about what you think is such a gift. It is to use the cliche, life-altering. You can change your life story by thinking about your thinking, by looking at your thoughts objectively and questioning what you think and understanding that the way you think shapes you by changing what you're thinking, by noticing what you're thinking, by listening to the words you use to yourself, you can then separate that out. You can move through your thoughts in a um, observational way and find different ways, different opportunities, different avenues to travel on that you're not noticing when you stay in the way you've always thought. So to go back to the example way at the beginning, if I'm reading something and it continues to support what I believe, my unquestioned thought, then I don't change my ways. I stay with those thinkings and those ideas, those thoughts, and I don't change my ways. So my life continues on that path. But if I sit back and I read something and I question its validity, even if it goes with my story, what if I question its validity? Is it really true? Is it really accurate? Is it what's actually happening? Or am I just building a story to make it fit my story? Am I building a story to fit my narrative so I can feel comfortable, less afraid, right? So I can feel safer. Safety is a big thing in our world. We don't like to feel unsafe. 
you might be saying, no shit. Yeah, no shit. We don't like to feel unsafe. We don't like to feel afraid. We don't like to feel threatened. So a lot of our stories are designed in our own minds to quell that fear wherever it comes from, to um, live in, a, in an, an environment in our minds that feels safe. I'm not saying it is safe. I'm not saying that we are safe. I'm saying we work on trying to feel safe. Because it doesn't feel safe to talk about some of these things. It feels dangerous. It feels threatening to have the idea in your head that maybe what you have been thinking all your life is simply wrong or inaccurate or um, I don't know. Uh, it can be very difficult to face that. Certainly in my life it has been. I have faced some ideas in my head that shaped my entire life. And knowing what I know about my thoughts now makes it much easier to see the world differently when those things come up and I try to be safe in my way. I try to feel less fear in my way, different than yours. And yours is different than everyone else's. Our unique ways of trying to feel safe trying to go in the direction that feels more comfortable for us. And in that comfort, which is what I want to get to next, in that knowing of our thoughts, or the not knowing, whatever the case is, we make decisions. We decide to stay with that thought. We decide to go against it. We, we, re, we respond through thoughtfulness. If we react instantly, we will continue to go down whatever those messages are. We will continue to go down that direction because when we react, we do not put any thought into our actions, our activities after a thought, after a situation. We just go with what we know and we react like a knee-jerk reaction, right? Instead of responding out of thoughtfulness, mindfulness out of noticing out of deliberation with our own mind about our mind's thoughts and when we react instead of respond we continue to stay in our stagnant ways of thinking we go with what we've always known and we stay there but when we react the first reaction being i want to think about this now we open up a space for difference we open up a space for growth, change. Um, we just open up the world to different pathways rather than the same one we've been on. And that's where I have chosen to go in my life. I look at these things that have guided me through my life and found that most of them, I could bravely say none of them <laughs> have been accurate they have only been my version of reality. I know my brother and I, being only 12 and a half months apart in age, were treated what I used to call identically. Like whatever I got to do, he got to do, and vice versa. So my parents didn't treat us. <laughs> it's funny. 
just saying that's not accurate. My my mind as a younger person thought they didn't treat us differently. Like, you guys go do this, you guys do that. And if somebody gets in trouble, we both get in trouble kind of a thing. And that was not accurate. They couldn't possibly treat us exactly the same. But that was my mind's way of figuring out what was happening as a child. That was my mind's way of uh, making sense of the world in the only way I knew how. But as I carried that to adulthood, um, it shaped how I was as as a person. It shaped how I responded to the world as a person. It shaped how I reacted to things in my own knee-jerk ways based on those thinkings about my childhood. I'm not going to judge whether I was right or wrong. I was just doing what I needed to do, and it had its consequences. It shaped my world, which then shaped the worlds of people around me that were close to me. I made many mistakes based on those thinkings and those ideas, those notions that I clung to as true. Some I didn't even know were existing that I know now were hurtful to me and the people around me. Some of those notions that I clung to, I only used to hurt myself. I didn't know I was hurting myself. I didn't have that awareness. I just felt sucking lousy all the time. I felt controlled. I felt scared of the world around me because of how I perceived things happening and how they fit into my box and how they, in some person's mind, might have been innocuous and to me felt scary. I know that those thought patterns made me vulnerable to bullies all the way through my life. And I'm not talking about the stereotypic bullies that you have in school as a child. I'm talking about adult bullies. I'm talking about ways that my thinking, my clinging to certain thinking, would allow my body, my presence, to be in the in the area, the vicinity, in relationships with people who were bullies. And my thinking allowed them to bully me. I allowed that. I am neither to blame nor nor am I innocent. My thought patterns simply were the way they were. And those thought patterns being the way they were, unquestioned as they were, allowed me the, the stage to be who I was and to allow others to treat me in ways I did not know how to say no to. And now that I know how to say no, those people who treated me in that way um, feel angry because I no longer let them bully me. They have told me they are pissed off at me. And they're only pissed off because I don't fit their mold anymore. I no longer make myself available through my questioning of my thoughts. I no longer make myself available to their abusive ways, their ways of treating people like me who have those thought patterns. It's very frustrating when people go against your your established thinking. It's very frustrating. It's very I'll just make it an I statement. For me, it it has been very frustrating 
to be on the other end of that, to be the person who's choosing to recognize how his life has been, choosing to change it, and watch the people around me <laughs> literally spin around in circles and be unable to comprehend what that looks like. By seeking peace, I upset the apple cart. I change the way the, the mobile is balanced. I change the balance of relationships. And many of those relationships have come to an end because I am no longer available in the way they needed me to be available for their thoughts, their patterns. So when I changed my ways based on looking at my thoughts, thinking about my thinking, and then changing those ideas about my thinking, and then therefore responding differently to the world, I became unavailable to a whole sector of the world that needs me to be that way. I become unavailable to that thinking pattern of other people. I become unavailable to them to be a victim of their thinking, a victim of their actions. I become unavailable. I have seen people that have witnessed my changes be very accepting and loving about that, applauding, happy, slapping me on the back, giving me hugs, good for you for changing and seeing how you lived your life in such a, <laughs> what I thought was a safe way, but was very unsafe. That's the irony of it, really. And a whole section of other people be absolutely pissed off at me. How dare I change the way I am? How dare I stand up for myself or not do anything? How dare I not do anything? How dare I just stand and be and not be reactive? How dare I not respond and react to their needs and be me? How dare I change the way things are to suit my needs? Because certainly what I learned was I was not allowed to meet my needs. I had to meet their needs. And when I chose to meet my needs, I was no longer, I was no longer available to them in the way that they had grown used to. It has cost me relationships. And those are relationships that I have mourned and grieved in my own way. And yet they are relationships that are not healthy for me. Um, but I hope that my um, growth would possibly spur growth in others, in them, and in you. And that's why I do this work. That's why I question my thoughts. That's why I think about my thinking. Because it lowers my stress. It changes my world. And I'm hoping by changing mine, it changes the world around me in ways I can see and I'm sure in ways that I cannot see because it's out of my consciousness. It's in somebody else's mind, in their consciousness. It's not new what I'm talking about. It's not new. This is not new information. But it may be the first time you've heard it. And I remember the first time I heard 
the idea that I could think about what I was thinking about and choose a different path. It was startling to me. I had no idea that that was something that could be done. Just like someone who walks up to the detour sign and has no idea what it means and just walks right past it. I probably walked past that idea many, many, many times in my life and never even comprehended what it meant. People would say, oh, change your thoughts, change your life. What the fuck does that mean? I didn't have a clue. Change your thoughts, change your life. I didn't know what that meant. But it is ultimately super true and super powerful. The changing your thinking first has to be change the way you think about your thoughts. Then you can change your thinking and then you can change your life. When I change how I look at my thoughts, then I have another avenue to look at the rest of my life. And then I get to choose different lives, different pathways in my life. And so I want that for you as a listener, as a person on this planet who makes choices that affect yourself and other people. I want that for all of us, for me, for you, for all of us. So I'm going to leave you with that today. I'm going to challenge you to think about your thoughts and and be with them and be in them. I want you to know you have the ability to change the way you think, the way you walk through life. I leave you with that. I challenge you to look at your thoughts and see where they've been taking you and see where they could take you otherwise. Hey, thanks for listening today. Just want to remind you that as you leave to hit the subscribe or follow or whatever button your software has so you can hang out with me and listen when you feel like it and be alerted when when I stick something out there you might want to listen to. If you have a question that you'd like me to address maybe on the podcast or maybe just privately, send an email to bbot podcast at gmail.com. Thanks for coming in and listening. I hope you have a great day and I hope you treat yourself and others kindly.